Hey guys, and welcome to the Two Red Chairs podcast. We're back again. I'm Frank. I'm glad to be back with these episodes. I've been away for a little bit of time, focusing on my own business, but here we are today. Um, and I've got a nice, lovely guest here in the form of Jess Horsfall. Um, Jess, how are you doing? Yeah, really well. Thanks so much for having me on, Frank. My pleasure. Now, Jess is from uh, the Sunshine Coast up in Queensland, fellow Aussie. Um, Jess also happens to be one of my little community members in my little... She's not a little community member. She's in my little community, (laughs) this Team GDL um, community we have going as part of G'day Design Life. Um, And as part of um, our conversations, we do a weekly chat. And a couple of weeks ago, we we talked about our uh, mental health and how it affects our creativity which is interesting because Jess has uh, honed in on this area of interest. Uh, she started a thing called the Healthy Creative Project um, on the side of her own design business. So she's a fellow designer as well. Um, her business is called The Design Folk. But Jess, can you give us a little cliff note on what the Healthy Creative Project is? Yeah, absolutely. So the Healthy Creative Project will essentially be building a community around health-conscious creatives. So people who um, maybe are uh, design entrepreneurs or any type of creative really, who um, really have come to understand that health is impacting uh, how they show up in their businesses or at work and in their lives, how that flows on to creativity. Yeah. And this is what we're going to talk about today is identifying, you know, what are the problems that we have as creatives because we, we've all got our problems. Um, we, we all need our inspiration and creativity can wane due to a lot of different factors. It could be um, externally, nothing to do with our business, nothing to do with ourselves as creatives. It could be family life or it could be our health. So we're going to talk about these kind of things and some of the problems that we might face is that with a lack of creativity, it could be things like you know, copying someone else's work because you can't find the inspiration or you have imposter syndrome or you just have that no motivation to come up with something unique and it's just like a struggle to come up with something creative. If it's a logo, a website, a UI problem, um, UX problem, whatever it is. Um, Or it could be things like you just don't enjoy working on that particular project or with that particular person that just doesn't inspire that creativity. Um, which can be, you know, caused by a lack of a many different things. And just, I think if we can touch on um, identifying what these problems are that you've sort of seen and identified, because I've gone through probably half of these, if not all of them. Um, so let's go through them all. Yeah, absolutely. So I think too, when we talk about health, um, I mean, that's quite a, a holistic term for really talking about mental health, physical health, emotional health, spiritual health. Um, And within each of those facets, you're going to have uh, different challenges. So I think that uh, a lot of creatives could probably agree that within those, um, those areas of health, there's certain challenges that we face with day in and day out. And some of them um, can also be quite specific to us as creatives and, um, you know, definitely have um, a massive impact on our work. So some of the issues that I think... Uh, I hear a lot of uh, within the creative community is probably more so around mental health and um, issues such as exhaustion, burnout, um, being able to juggle everything that we have in our plates as business owners, if we're creative business owners, and we have to wear a lot of hats um, and it can certainly impact us um, and have flow-on effects. Um, like you said, Frank, things such as imposter syndrome, uh, not knowing how to say no, not having boundaries in place, um, and then getting to the point where we're um, working too hard, absolutely uh, exhausted, not looking after ourselves. And when our mental health, another thing I've seen is that when our mental health is suffering, 
and we're just not feeling that creative mojo and we're, you know, we're not energized, we're not excited about our work, Mm -hmm. um, we become quite lethargic and then that flows through to other areas such as physical health and our relationships as well. So uh, we can certainly talk about the challenges within the different areas of health, but I do think that they uh, flow on through to the, you know, general health um, yeah. aspects too yeah yeah i think it's just a symbiotic kind of thing where you one thing can affect another thing and, and it, it could be a little vicious cycle if it gets out of control like the first one um that we've kind of identified here mutually was motivation um and how that affects you know us you know it's kind of like one of those images where you just like fuck this shit o'clock i just can't you know <laughs> become a person that needs to do what i need to do right now out of just sheer uh, determination, it needs to have a few different other factors to get to that point. Um, you know, otherwise you feel like you're just shoveling crap up, you know, a hill. Mm, and it, absolutely. It really, it really isn't creative. It's just pixel pushing then. Like, I don't know if you'd agree with that or not, but I always find that if I'm not motivated to do this bit of work, just creativity just doesn't come. Whereas if I'm in like a great mental state and I'm just like, everything's coming up millhouse you know, the motivation becomes just infinite and the, the the end product just sings, like absolutely sings. And I've had that just recently with a project. I'm like, damn, why can't I have this all the time? This would be fantastic. But for most of us, we're not re- reverse engineering it to figure out, you know, why this has led to it. And I know why exactly after having looked at it now, but I think if you, you flow that into working like you, you've also sort of said working with deadlines and restrictions and constraints that probably would wane on motivation um, or, you know, working with someone that like I mentioned before that you actually like the project. Um, that's a big motivating factor for me. If I don't really believe in that person's project or whatever, and it's just there for the money, then really that creativity just sucks. Mm, absolutely. And I think getting that um, excitement about a, a project can come from um, various places too because I know that there's been projects that I've had on that I might not be um, really, really eager to get to. But if I've been out on a walk or I've just had a coffee with a friend and or I've sat down in the sun for a little while and I come back to my space and I sit in front of my computer and I feel really great um, because I've moved, I've um, connected with people I care about, I'm feeling like my cup is full and I come back to my desk, um, even if that project isn't very exciting for me, I've got fresh ideas and new outlooks on what I'm doing and I can tackle it in a completely different frame of mind um, than if I hadn't have been looking after myself earlier on, if I'd been up late pushing myself on a variety of things and um, and just generally feeling uh, like I need to give up and go have a nap. And you sit down in front of your computer and you just don't have that creative spark. And mm. it's hard to tune into the ideas and let them flow through you into your work. Um, so, And then conversely, which I find interesting, is you can have um, a project or an idea that really excites you, right? So it's just intrinsically motivating. Like you cannot wait to get up in the morning and work on it. You can be exhausted. You can be eating two-minute noodles. You can not have been moving for a week. (laughs) Definitely. Yet you just all of a sudden have this burst of energy to invest into this project because it is aligned with something within you that gets you going it's a a purpose-driven thing and and a deeper connection with the work so I think I mean in an ideal world we'd have it all right we'd be doing all the right things we'd be working on projects that are only lighting us up and we're excited about but realistically there's always going to be some sort of a sacrifice made in some area it's not the reality um, No, it's not the reality day in and day out. So I think the key is to um, do what we can, right, and be um, making improvements, small improvements where we can um, so that we're able to to show up as the 
you know, best, healthiest, creative versions of ourselves in our in mm. our jobs and our lives. And this is what was interesting with the chat that we had in our community call was just the signs that we knew that things weren't going right. Like if it was creativity or, or things like if it was stress, if it was, um, you know, physically you could feel just totally drained, burnt out, uh, forever tired. Um, even a couple of us related on the fact of having mouth ulcers, which was a sign for us that stress was at, a, you know, a, not an all-time high, but at a high point where it was a kind of a sign to say, all right, you're either doing too much right now or you're in a, an environment that isn't conducive to what it is you need to be doing, which is being creative. Um, and I, when that person said it in our group, Haley, I was just like, holy moly. <laughs> I'm totally <laughs> right there. That has to be it because it makes total sense. Your physical health just totally goes to shit because um, – your creativity just isn't there to keep you motivated and going and you can keep going if that if that creativity is there this is the interesting like you said before was you can have so much interest in a project everything else is just an absolute car crash but it will keep you going keep that adrenaline going until that high subsides because the end of the project finishes or whatever and then you have this massive come down Mm. um i remember having that in like university days you'd go really hard for a semester, do all these projects, be super creative. And then we'd all have like colds or flu like over the uni break and you'd just be like devastated and you're like, you're like oh God, this is the time I'm supposed to relax, you know, and recharge, but I'm absolutely comatosed. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that part of that crash is making up for that um, extent to which you've pushed yourself to get through because we can be completely inspired and invested in that project and excited. Mm. Um, But our physical health, even though we are like mentally um, stimulated and excited about it, our physical health is still being pushed in the process. Um, And I think that 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 excitement and that inspiration can carry us through to a certain extent. Um, but there are times where our body will, will override what we're doing regardless and, and have us flat on our ass, basically, if we don't yeah. pay attention to it. So you'd attribute it to basically just yeah, the whole Gary V thing, not being self-aware, but in a physical sense, not being you know self-aware of your uh, own being, of your physical um status i don't know what you, the word is um but also just awareness of, of the situation that you're in if it's a conducive relationship that you're in with a client or being aware of the external situation you might have with your family your, your living situation or all these different factors to know why that creativity isn't coming um to attribute it to something so that way you, you don't feel confused like the hell do i do i don't understand why why this is happening i can't i'm getting like um you know creative block that's like Mm. the big thing how do i overcome a creative block it's like well uh, what else is going on in your life at the moment that might be stopping it yeah um and one thing you brought up with me is you know having a lack of purpose we covered Mm. that like what does that lack of purpose mean for us yeah absolutely so I think when it comes to purpose and being driven by purpose, uh, and I'll backtrack a little bit, we've touched on motivation. And Mm -hmm. I think that um, uh, the phrase, you know, oh, I just couldn't get motivated is really quite common. Um, And when we talk about motivation, we're talking about an external factor usually is you could have a client that calls you and says, where is that deliverable? And all of a sudden, you've got motivation. You've got this external driving force that is pushing you in the direction. Or you (laughs) might have a carrot dangling there as motivation, the paycheck at the end of the project, right? (laughs) So you've got these different uh, types of motivators that are external to us. So I differentiate motivation from inspiration and I'm going to put inspiration in with purpose because I feel like purpose is an internal thing and when you wake up at 2am because you've just had that brilliant idea and you just can't get back to sleep and you're milling over it and you're thinking oh I've got to write this down this is fantastic and then you just have this surge of um 
of energy to put into this project or this idea, it's usually, as I mentioned and touched on before, in alignment with something deeper within us. And I feel like if we are missing that internal purpose and that energy for things that are in alignment with us and our values, then we can um, start feeling really unmotivated. Yeah. And we start looking for the for those external factors and drivers drivers to keep us going, um, because if we're excited about the work we're doing or we're excited about the project we're working on, that energy somehow just comes to us to get us through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I think without that purpose there you're definitely going to be dragging your feet to sit down in front of the computer in the morning, right? Yeah. And this is probably the thing with a a lot of creatives, especially starting out where you might not have a lot of clients. I mean, I don't have a lot of clients going at one time and having a purpose to say that you're here to help other people, Mm. which is intrinsically what a creative is here to do. um, And you don't have anyone snapping at that you're like, well, what, what's my purpose then? No one wants me or whatever. And it, it's to be reassuring yourself that it might not happen now, but it will if you keep pursuing that purpose, if you keep putting yourself out there to show what you can do. And if it's not work that you've done for a client, you do self-initiated stuff, you have uh, a creative outlet of your own that you know either is what you do for clients or is something completely different, to keep you motivated or to actually show the skills that you can to have that purpose, to show that purpose. And it's coming back to that, I guess, that idea of Simon Sinek's why. Like, why do you do what you do? Um, And if you feel like you have a lack of purpose, it might only be, let's say, a a short-term feeling or thought, which is probably more attributed to, like, um, imposter syndrome, thinking, can I actually do this, you know? Well, that kind of thing. Am I really, should I really have quit my job and started this as full time or is this a career that I really wanted to do? That purpose idea wanes and it won't be until someone else tells you, you stupid, like you're really good at this and having that validation um, to overcome that problem and it affecting your creativity. If you don't have that purpose, there's nothing there to create. I think that's it. So it kind of needs to be self-motivating, do you reckon? Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. Um, I think without that that internal, um, let's call it internal motivation rather than external motivation, I do feel like the creative ideas don't flow personally. You sort of feel like you're in a funk and, and you no just No matter how hitting, someone tells you, like... Yeah, you know, you're just, you're and you're just hitting yeah. your head up against the wall going, why can't I, why can't I do this? Yeah. Um, and, and why can't I get those fresh eyes and those fresh ideas flowing through? So I definitely think that that, that internal purpose and motivation is, is crucial for our health too. Um, and just a little bit on a tangent from that, um, the impact of purpose has been witnessed in retirees, people who have worked all their lives yeah. and retire uh, no longer have to get up and go to work every day and you will generally see a bit of a decline in health in retirees because they don't have that purpose anymore. So mm-hmm. I think that it can be quite um, you know, underrated. I think it's really important to have, know why you're showing up in your business and your work every day, why you're wanting to help people uh, doing what you do and um, getting clear on that. Yeah. So, all right, let's, we've talked about some of the sort of problems that we can have. Um, Mm. So it's things like, as we said, lack of purpose, um, motivation, um, not having a physical health, you know, regime that works, both, you know, sleep, eat and exercise, that kind of thing. Um, Having, you know, self-awareness of what's going on with our mental state, our physical state, all these kind of things. What, what can we list down that are the sort of pillars for what would create or what would make us a healthy creative let's say yeah sure so again uh taking the holistic approach of what makes a healthy creative those pillars would be um having energy and vitality um and we've also talked about 
being purposeful already. So having that intention with what we're doing. So a healthy creative would have that purpose, have that um, intentional action within their business. And a healthy creative is also looking after their physical well-being. So someone that is able to um, be self-aware, like you said, of their bodies, tune mm-hmm. into those red flags. We're often looking for red flags with clients, right? We yeah. get very in tune with uh with issues that could arise with a client project. And we go, oh, that's problematic. I'm going to be yeah. very aware of that. But are we looking for red flags within our body? Are we tuning into ourselves and knowing what they are and knowing how to navigate those as if we would with a client? What are the best mm-hmm. steps to, to avoid that and rectify? Um, yep. And I think that a healthy creative uh, also enjoys good mental and emotional health as well. Um, being aware of, of our states, uh, how we feel in our, in our minds and um, knowing little tips or tricks that are specific to us that might be able to lift us up or get us back on track. And a healthy creative, I would say, is balanced. So something I've noticed with creatives is that we can just go, 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 go we can work into the, you know, the early yes. hours of the morning. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. we can work mm-hmm. into the weekends um, because generally speaking, I think we really do love what we do. And um, I know for me personally, being creative is like breathing air and drinking water. It's non-negotiable. So I feel like we can push ourselves to the point of losing balance in our lives. So finding how to balance that and with other aspects such as family or physical health or uh, whatever it may be that puts us on an even keel is really important too. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's deep dive into some of these. So the first one was energy and, and keeping up, uh, as you said, the vitality. Um, you know, what What are we doing that's not happening to get that energy? Like, is it energy from others? Is it engaging with um, something else that might give us some inspiration um, to give us that energy and you know when i'm thinking of in terms of an example here if you went to a conference not that we can at the moment um and interestingly i was supposed to be at a conference at the moment <laughs> uh, which which can't be um but every time i've come back from something like that or even like weirdly like a movie um you always have this like fire under your ass to like go and do something and you have this energy spurt that comes out of nowhere and similarly, like I, I don't, I'm not a coffee drinker or a caffeine drinker like yourself, Jess, but for me, energy come, has to come from somewhere else. It, it can't come from a caffeine hit in that physical sense. Um, it has to be a boost of, of uh, if it's mental health, like we've touched on, but just that energy, like if it, it needs to come from somewhere. And I'm, my thing is it's like either, maybe it's entertainment that brings some energy, um, thinking about something else that just goes, just sparks something and you go, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm like, something just sparks, changes, whatever. And I'm 100% on board with it and go for it. Um, maybe from your perspective, it might be totally different here, but you, <laughs> you tell me what it is. But what, what can be done to create that healthy energy, I guess? Yeah, um, I think that you've pretty much... Um hit the nail on the head when you're talking about things that you enjoy. Job right? done. So when you, Happiness. when you <laughs> sign off, That's when it. you do something that you enjoy, um, yeah. you're, going to feel energized and that's going to look different for different people right so some people will get energy from social interaction whereas that's draining for others some people will get energy from just chilling out for a little while like you said maybe entertainment and then after that they feel like they've you know got a charged battery and they're ready to go um i think too when it comes to energy it's important to look at sleep I mean, for me, if I don't get enough sleep, then I just don't have the energy to keep going. And yeah, you mentioned I'm a coffee drinker. Um, (laughs) But even then, coffee is an energy. Coffee is a stimulant. 
So it's zapping your body as you're drinking it um, and wearing you further down. So that is, that's a band-aid fix, I think, when we're talking about energy and the sources of energy that you're talking about are really what's important. Yeah, um, yeah it's good sleep, doing things we enjoy, things that light us up, I think, energize us. This was one thing I heard a while back um, and someone was talking about being an introvert and an extrovert and what Mm -hmm. it kind of really meant. And a lot of it was to do with uh, an introvert drawing, being able to draw either inspiration or energy or something from themselves rather than someone else, whereas an extrovert was someone that would draw that uh, inspiration from an external source. Um, I thought that was an interesting way of looking at it. I'm hoping I got that right. If it's not that, it's the opposite, but... (laughs) You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Fantastic. <laughs> um, but I found that quite interesting that I, I'm not so crash hot with an environment where I'm not that comfortable with. Like I, I find if I'm with my good mates, I am the class clown. Whereas when I'm with my family, I'm fairly reserved. So I don't draw a whole lot of energy out of them. I find it a little bit soul sucking and I don't want to be, um, you know, downtrodding my family or anything like that. It's just the kind of personality type that I am that I draw my energy from specific types of people. And that's why I think I thrive in the design space with the community that, you know, I've sort of discovered and people like yourself where I'm just that little bit like extra 10% of energy comes out and it's just like this bravado or whatever. When family and friends see me and go, Frank, you don't sound like this at all. Like what is going on? (laughs) This is the side of things I've never seen from you. And it's because you feel comfortable in that sort of situation. You draw energy out of that interaction with those people that, that really either get you or you feel comfortable with or, or whatever. But um, as an introvert, I still find inspiration from within. Like we've talked about just between the two of us, you're having shower thoughts. Mm, you know, mm. Inspiration comes from these shower thoughts and you draw energy. You're like, yes, that's the best idea I've ever heard before. Good on you, Frank. <laughs> like, it's crazy. <laughs> um, definitely, but, definitely. So what, in terms of the energy from your perspective, maybe to shed some light on that, what, how is it that you're drawing that energy into your day-to-day creativity that makes it just something that you could come back to and realize, look, okay, I need to be doing this. I'm not doing this at the moment. Mm. Uh, Mike, a lot of my creative energy, I feel uh, like it's coming from, and this is specific to me, but it comes from being outside and away from the computer. Mm-hmm. So that can sound a little bit um, counterintuitive. Uh, it would be amazing if all of our creative energy came to us while we were sitting in front of the computer, right? Um, but for me, if I've been pent up for a few days just at it working, getting outside is like charging a battery big time. Um, so again, I think it is really personal and finding those things that, um, feed back into our, our cups, so to speak, um, and making sure that we, we need to make sure that we're giving ourselves the opportunity to explore what those things are. And it's exactly like you said, um, some people will, um, help generate that energy. And then I think other people can drain it a little bit. So, um, being able to distinguish between the two is important. Yeah. It's knowing who you can, let's say if you ask feedback from somebody, like from your work, you wanted to show, you know, your friends or your family or, or peers, um, depending on the context, you might want to be careful with how or who you show that to or, or ask for that feedback from, because if it's something that you don't uh, either trust or get that rapport with or value their opinion, like you put it into a design group, and go, hey guys, what do you think of this? Without any real context, it's like throwing you know meat to a lion's den. I, I say this so many times, where you just get crap feedback, and it tears you to shreds, and you are pulled down like twenty pegs within the first two minutes of that post being up. Whereas if you showed it to someone that you do value that opinion of, they could give you some interesting insight or constructive feedback. Um, you have something to walk away with where you feel a bit more positive about it. You might not feel best let's say but you you walk away with something that is much more you know energizing let's say if we use that word to improve or to do better or if everyone just says yes that's fantastic um sweet you've done the right job but if you show like your parents and they have no clue about design and they start picking it apart which my family do um (laughs) 
I'm learning that mistake to not do so because it doesn't have an impact on what the final result is. It doesn't. It has no bearing on what that client thinks or, or how I feel about it. Um, it's just to kind of show and tell and go, hey, this is what I've done recently. You asked. Here's what it looks like. I don't need any comments. That's fine. Um, <laughs> that's delving very deep into my personal experiences. Um, what the other point, the other pillar that you mentioned was purpose, and we we covered that a bit when we mm. first um, first started talking. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the takeaway point for a lot of creatives is to, I think, be confident in what it is you do. Like uh, I see a lot of people that go, they they'll put up a post even on Instagram or something, and they'll take it down within an hour because. They might have had, you know, a comment that said otherwise, this isn't great or they pick it apart or whatever. And you go, well, I don't know. This is what you do. You, you, you're good at this. You are actually good at this. Um, whether you compare with someone else or I don't know what, but that, having that purpose, I think, to know and be confident in yourself is going to drive that better creativity to, to know, okay, Jess... I am a good designer or Frank, I am a fantastic designer or I'm, you know, Jess is better than me, but I think I'm still good enough kind of thing. And, but no, it's like, own it. I do this. She does this. He does this, whatever. That's what I do. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I think what you're touching on a little bit there, like part of that's validation and looking for validation from others. And um, I feel like to if we are framing up for ourselves that part of our purpose is to be a learner, is to be consistently growing and developing in our careers Um, and as people as well, we are constantly uh, a work in progress and we will never have this absolutely perfect And it is our purpose to show our journey and how far we've come and to be um, totally open and transparent in our willingness to to stumble along the way as we grow. If that is our purpose, um, then all of a sudden I feel like that um, opens opens us up to not necessarily being as vulnerable to that negative criticism or needing Mm -hmm. that external validation as much um it isn't i feel until we claim to know it all or have all of our shit sorted out um that we're really asking to be you know eating humble pie if we've already approached the situation from that that beginner's mind with that mentality Mm. of always learning um then i think that factors into it as well yeah, I think the other thing is you, you, if you called it quits and said, no, nah, I've learned enough, like I'm done here, I am you know, 30 years old and I'm sweet, like mastery here, guys, mastery. Be like, no, nah, come on. Like I think life is just going to be always a le- learning platform and that gives you more purpose to, to be better. I think we always want to be better. It's whether or not we have the motivation to do so as well sometimes. But if you're not learning or self-developing or, or what, it's like the same with having a long-term relationship, you don't just go in with the same mentality that you had when you started that relationship with your partner. It evolves over time and you've got to learn each other's wavelengths to match because otherwise you just start clashing and it becomes shit house. Um, but in terms of, say, to put it back into context of design, uh, learning if it's a book, if it's a course, if it's learning from others in a community. Um, that's what I find where I get the most stimulus from in terms of creativity. Like I'll read a book, like literally get into a page and just wander. Like the idea comes and I'll just start thought, thinking about whatever it is on my mind or it's a podcast as well. I do this a lot. I'll, I'll just be listening and then just drift and start thinking about you know, what is, what if, what if I did this, what if I did that, learning different things, what if I applied this in this particular way? And it's that learning that I find just, it's like, boom. Um, and without doing that, I, I feel very stagnant if I'm not learning something. And it takes a while to realize that. Um, I don't know if you've ever experienced that where you're just like, yeah, yeah, I'm all good. I don't need to learn anything more, blah, blah, blah. And I did that for seven years in a job. I shut myself from the design community. And then once I came back, I was like, I have a lot to learn. Um, I've done the wrong thing here and removed myself. Um, 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. I don't, I don't think we're ever, you know, that final masterpiece. Um, um, but, but I it was takes going, that pressure off being like perfect as well, yeah. Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. And there's always more to learn. Um, but to realign that with purpose as a creative, to understand that we might have um, several things that that keep us going, that get us up every morning to show up. And one of those can be um, about learning and self-development and career growth, career development. Um, another purpose for me personally um, is connection with people and to be able to approach uh, my work and the online community um, as a creative with the purpose and intent to connect um, has also been a, a big game changer for me as well. So knowing like what's our intention when we're going into something, is it to connect with people, build community, um, have the discussion around certain topics. Um, I think that for me, yeah, personally, that's a big part of my purpose in why I'm showing up and doing what I'm doing. I mean, that's why I started um, G'day Design Life was to, to connect with other designers and, and see how we could grow together and not grow our Instagram accounts or anything like that. It's it's to actually realize, okay, if if we've buggered up this in our design career, how could we improve that or how could we learn from each other and not have some you know figurehead going, okay, you, this is what you need to do. You need to do this, blah, 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 blah. Um, it was just an open sort of platform to say, hey, I've experienced this. Have you guys experienced this too? Because shit, I'm out of luck here. Like, let me know. Or this is what I've learned from this experience. Please, like, divulge on my experience and the solution that came of it um, to have that connection. Um, and that, that for me, like, if it is gratitude, this is the interesting thing. If it is gratitude, great. If it's a purpose, great um it, it just feels like this intrinsic need to want to share i think that's the thing to share that knowledge to not put things behind paywalls and all that kind of stuff to actually be one in the same of that other person that's trying to do the exact same thing that you're trying to do why should you limit their success because it will give you success either financially or mentally or whatever and for me that just is motivating as hell that ties into your purpose um, it does. do you think do you think that part of that drive for creatives to connect with others has anything to do with the fact that a lot of us are working on our own uh, possibly i mean my thing is that we're all we're service based people like unless you are designing fonts or illustrations for someone to buy let's say, as an example, you're, you're there to connect with another human being to work with to create a solution. You're there to want to be a problem solver. That's intrinsically, I think, what I've said intrinsically a few a few times this podcast. I'm going to shut up now on that word. Um, but it's, it's in our nature to want to be a problem solver for um, others and because we know that we can provide a solution. And I think that's a great purpose that designers have, be it if you are a graphic kind of designer or clothing designer or whatever you, you are there to to solve a problem um that that's where i sort of see it in terms of that purpose for a designer but um, others might see it maybe a different way where it's it's there to provide for their family and in that not to say that it isn't for me either it, it needs to be um, but there's purpose there to support a family or to support a lifestyle um, or to help others in a different way that isn't the people that we actually work with, that's probably another the level of purpose. Um, and if all of that kind of... Like, this is the thing. Like, if all of this is going hunky-dory, everything just cohesively works together. You become so much more invigorated to do what it is you love doing um, because it's going well. When, when it's not going well, that's when we fall into these pits of stress and anxiety, and that's the external things, I think. And I'm, you're nodding your head at me, which I'm guessing <laughs> you're totally agreeing here. So Yeah, yeah. Okay. So one other point here which I, I want to cover is just that balance. And I think the balance is something that a lot of us probably have significant problems with. Um, like you touched on the word burnout. That's a huge problem for me a lot of the time. Because I put too much on my plate. This feels, very, this, this feels very cathartic right now, Jess. <laughs> <I'm just saying. laughs> um, 
<laughs> sitting there listening and it's, it's it's great but anyway um touch on why balance i think is why you think balance is, is something that we need to be very mindful of i'll i'll tell you a little bit of a story and um it goes back to when i was a little kid and i was always the artsy one at school loved drawing if any of the kids needed something um done they'd come to me and i'd help them with it oh that's nice and it, that was the start of my, I think, my interest in, in art and design. But I was always really, really creative and artsy. Um, my, I struggled with the traditional, I guess, classes at school more so, whereas I love the creative stuff. And um, doing everything else other than being creative was quite draining for me. And I would almost have burnout as a child and my mum thankfully saw this about me and she'd let me stay home regularly to just draw and be creative and do my art projects because she knew that that was just essential for me as a person that was so entwined with who I am um, and, and why I'm here that she'd make space for that above all else. But then down the track, um, for me, I've created a career out of this and it is easy to get carried away when you love it so much. And for me personally, other things can start falling by the wayside because my heart and um, my soul is just so in being a creative, um, other things fall by the wayside. So, For me, balance is about acknowledging the passion we have as creatives and the drive we have as entrepreneurs and the the big plans that we have in our our minds about what we want to do going forward, but making space for those other things that are still so nurturing for us. So when we talk about balance, Um, For me, it's balancing that drive and that go, go, go in my business with slowing down and spending time with family, playing some games, going for a walk on the beach um, and really finding, you know, the yin to the yang Mm -hmm. and making sure that that still plays an important role in our lives. Because my personal experience is that if we don't, Uh, foster those elements then that's when the creativity in the business starts becoming affected as well so I find that balance is crucial so that we can be like I've mentioned showing up in our business but and our lives as our best healthiest selves can I just say great mum um (laughs) fostering that is amazing that's so nice to hear oh she Um, was amazing (laughs) <laughs> I didn't want to deject because you kept going, but I was like, oh, what a mum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, my th- th- sort of thing with business, uh, sorry, with balance is related to business. Like mm. when I started Kid A Frank, like it just became everything I was thinking about. Like we just had a little boy he'd, he was only maybe six months old by that stage, uh, maybe a little bit older, and... The focus was on him, definitely, and before that, it was just on my family and getting married and all that kind of stuff. Then the business came along, and it was just like the big shiny light that you just couldn't stop looking at, and that went on for a good 18 months, and I was just like, and I'm coming up to two years now, and I'm just like, geez, I really needed to take a step back here because I got to the point where... I was burning out. I'd found Instagram and just loved it and just was like, this is my outlet to be as creative as I want to be and found my own voice. And it, it did help, yes, in many, many different ways, but it, it also created a adverse problem of forgetting just general life stuff. Like my wife would say something to me and say, uh, oh, I'm going out to the shops, to this particular shop. And then I text her saying, where did you go again? And she'd be like, are you serious? Like, it was only 10 minutes ago. And you're asking me, I went to Bunnings? Like, my God, where is your head at kind of thing? And so I'd have to start writing down a heap of different things just to remember it because I had too much going on and not enough balance between two worlds of 
business and family life really or friends or whatever yeah um so a lot of it was getting sacrificed and you know getting a lot less sleep and mainly from having a toddler that likes to wake up at 5 30 um <laughs> but it's kind of what you you call burning the candle at both ends um and not having that sweet spot balance whereas the last few months of me not doing these podcasts and not doing content for gdl was a point to take a step back and this is my big thing that i've learned out of that is to start prioritizing um and really planning out so i've got like a calendar that that shows me what my priorities are to get to where i actually need to be rather than just little bits and pieces coming up they still come up let's say i've got these little ideas that keep popping up and they're little bright lights that just keep getting my attention but to have that map that's where i think balance comes back into play where you know what you're doing and you don't have to stress about this or things fall by the wayside or, or whatever um and again you're nodding at me which is good so that's yeah, like a crazy absolutely. person absolutely no i just i i'm relating to almost everything you say yeah that's good i'm not the only yeah. person and i'm sure i'm hoping no. if you're listening to this as well you're nodding your head as well if you've come this long into the podcast going yes i fully agree with that yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well yeah look i i particularly agree with all of the ideas that are constantly going around in the head and the shiny lights um, and becoming aware of that as well. So for me, um, like you've shared a few anecdotes of you and your family, um, when you're sitting across from the dinner table from your partner and they're telling you about their day and you're looking them dead in the eye but not <laughs> hearing a word they say because yeah. you're thinking about that email that you need to send tomorrow morning and how you're going to word it diplomatically um it just uh it, it can take over, over. Yeah. yeah it's this insidious thing that can just sneak into the head and because you love it you allow it to stay but we need to make room for other things yeah definitely okay mm. we're coming up to the sort of an hour nearly well we getting close so how about we go into some actionable things that we could do to uh improve or solve these problems that we've got um just quick kind of five things i mean don't go too quick <laughs> we need to have a bit of detail but um you've got a list um that you wanted to go through here in terms of what we could actually do so let's go through it and maybe have a bit of a back and forth about it yeah absolutely um i might start with uh, some actionable tips for good mental and emotional health. So for me, um, what I found really helps is staying connected. So being able to invest in relationships with family, friends, um, other people within the design community, um, that has really helped my my mental state, I feel. I mentioned before and touched on the fact that so many creatives work by themselves. Definitely not all, but there's a lot of us out there. So feeling like we're not isolated and being able to have these communities for support is really important. Um, and finding people that you can talk to about your issues. So even it's like you said, it's a bit cathartic just getting it off of your chest, being able to say, oh, this is what I'm struggling with and having that person on the other side not in agreement and go, I totally get it. You're not alone. Mm. You're not going mm-hmm. nuts. Um, yeah, yeah. This, is, this is a common thing that we all share. Or can challenge, let's say, your assumptions Mm, I've had that I've had that several times with a few people where I've gone oh I don't think I could do that and they're like are you an idiot like why why do you think that and you're like oh well but this 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 no 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 yeah totally we're our own worst critics and sometimes just having someone mirror back what we are actually capable of Mm -hmm. um you know puts a bit of a, a spring in our step yeah, and we probably take our own skills for granted. I know I, I yes. do, like, looking to create some courses, and I'm thinking, really, are people going to, like, really find some value? Because I just take it for granted. I just do these things and innately think that everyone is can do it as well, or you should be able to do it as well. But many people can't do this stuff, and that's why I like the whole idea of sharing. So definitely, 100 For sure. For sure. So stay connected, be able to talk about your issues. Um, And also for mental health, physical health. 
um, yeah. I think rolls into that as well. Uh, again, I've mentioned for me, getting outside, moving, looking after my body has a mm-hmm. flow on effect to my mental health as well. So not overlooking that, it can sometimes be treated as a separate thing or a separate aspect of health, but they are definitely um, affecting each other for sure. And I've also touched on sleep. So getting enough sleep Um, We can be exercising, we can have a fantastic support network, we can be eating really well, but if you're not getting enough sleep and you're starting your day already feeling like you're behind and lethargic and exhausted and burnt out, um, how creative are you going to be throughout the day? How well are you going to perform? Oh, 100%. But this is the thing as well, if it it doesn't hit you that, that one day, it will hit you in five days or a week later or whatever it is. It, it will just compound. And I feel that so often. Yes. It's kind of not funny. And if I don't get to bed at like 10 o'clock, if my son wakes up at 5.30, that's the amount of sleep I realistically need to be firing at all, you know, guns blazing. Yeah. I yeah. suck. Whereas otherwise I'm having like five hours sleep and just like pushing my way through it. And it's like, oh, God. Yep, I'm exactly yeah. the same. I'm a seven and a half hour to nine hour girl. And if I get anything less than that, I'm basically useless for the day. So prioritizing oh. sleep as well. Nine hours would be sure. such a holiday in my oh, situation. You so should lovely. try it. You feel like you wake up feeling like a completely different person. It's amazing. Oh, <laughs> a health retreat. I'd have to do that. And <laughs> But thing is as well, physical health. Like I, I go through these spats of doing the physical exertion. I'm like the person that goes, yeah, January first, I'm gonna like, <laughs> I'm gonna go to the gym and stuff. It just never works, and I haven't found anything that I've can consistently kept up with. Yeah. Um. I've you know I got to a, a stage of doing running a lot, but then uh, that sort of died in the pants. Similar with swimming, that kind of died in the pants. But interestingly, I was doing this challenge with the the community, the GDL community, and sort of challenge other people to do it with me was to get out, even if it's just 10 minutes of walking before the start of a day. And I do that fairly regularly now. Not every day at the moment, but fairly regularly. Um, And that can start off your day quite well. And I was looking into research about that, that that can give you that sort of clear mind to understand what it is you wanted to do so the idea was to write down a list before you walked out the door of what you needed to do that day to accomplish um, or if you don't accomplish it, it's okay but you've got something there to look at and refer to throughout the day to know if you're smashing it out or not but then go for that walk clear that head clear that mind space get your head into the right frame of mind to what you need to do that day and i was like this totally makes sense i'm on board on board with this and again i need to do more of this this is my yeah. problem ever-evolving problem but yeah Um, little tip i don't know if it works for you but it works for me Mm -hmm. when i come back from my walk i keep my running shoes on and i just feel like super productive all day i just move faster i just i don't know something about it you should try it i think maybe it's like a reminder or something just something that just just annoys the absolute shit out of me and it's like frank get out get out get out get out get out go do something go do something go do something and my computer just won't turn on until i've done that like that would be that would be the ultimate thing there's an app there for sure there's there's an app there (laughs) anyone out there listening patent it um (laughs) what else about uh, good mental health can we do We've touched on purpose, so I won't go into that um, too much more. And we've also um, spoken about balance, um, which in my mind includes rest, taking time off, allowing yourself to have that downtime, um, regardless of what you're doing, getting away from work, getting away from the computer, switching off and doing something you enjoy. Um, And something that we haven't really spoken about, which I feel is important as well for mental health um, is being okay with working at your own pace. So the push for productivity and hustle, um, maybe not right at this moment as we're speaking, but definitely like pre-COVID was intense. And now I think that we've got an opportunity to kind of reset our pace a little bit and regardless, um, making it okay to work at a pace that suits you so that you don't feel like that rat on the wheel, so that you're not skipping meals, losing sleep, 
not getting weekends in, not sitting down and having a nice slow evening with the family, um, making it okay to work slower um, without feeling guilty about not being productive. Yeah, that guilt thing, I think, is probably it. Like, as mm. you said earlier in our chat was, you know, you being your own worst critic is mm. that if you're not working intense enough or you're not working fast as you want to, and we've had this conversation in our community about time and and having to keep ourselves, you know, under budget of our own time that what we allocate for a client job is you have that guilt that you're not doing it fast enough and it's not you're not remaining profitable and then you're like, are my skills any good? How can I get faster? And it just... I think spiral out of control. Um, for my own experience in, in doing this was Instagram content. Like it was like a post a night and I, ha- I didn't do this any like pre-planning. It was just like that night I came up with the idea and I posted it because it sounded interesting at the time. And I think that was something that I was going through that I wanted to share. And that just became habitual, which was great, but it also sacrificed a lot of other time that could have been spent, you know, recharging. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Yeah, so now it's become instead of, you know, five days or six days a week, it's it's three um, yeah. or two, let's say, and the other one days isn't that, you know, intense. So it's, it's prioritizing that to make it at a level where I'm comfortable with, not what other people are expecting of me. Like Exactly. The Instagram grower community goes, no, 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 you have to post like every day. You have to get all the attention possible and you have to engage with all these people and spend an hour doing this every day. Yes. Otherwise, you are not going to grow. Bullshit. And if you don't do and if you don't do it for ninety days straight, you're not smashing it out and doing this, doing that, doing this, doing that, then you're essentially gonna be a massive social media failure and yeah. nothing's gonna happen for you. And the yeah. thing is at the end of the day is is that intensity worth the sacrifice that you're making for it? Because, or is it gonna pay off? Like Yeah. 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 It, it's think, one of those things that I see a lot of people do this and it's like, yeah, that, that's all good. That worked for you. It doesn't work for everybody. It's nice to show your framework and everything, but I think a lot of us will take that just at face value, not with a pinch mm-hmm. of salt or a grain of salt or however the mm-hmm. analogy is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, working out, absolutely. Working out what works for you best and for your clients too. Um, yeah. I'm not overly active on social media and I'll be the first person to admit it. Because I am spending my time uh, creating and developing amazing relationships with my clients. Which is and much more valuable, I think. That, oh, that pays off tenfold um, hmm. compared to anything I could do on social media. Having yeah. um, those amazing relationships is where I've chosen to invest my, my time and my energy. Um, but again, making that okay is really important. And then not just from a productivity standpoint too, but I think also from a, a career standpoint. Because in the yeah. age of comparison, going, look, you know, I've been in the game for, you know, one year or five years or ten years and and making wherever you are at totally fine um, when yeah. it's so easy to compare how someone else that graduated the same year as you or whatever is going to. I think that's the thing, like the comparison is a thief of joy kind of thing where mm. you start comparing with other people that are maybe at your level or maybe they're above you and you want to get to that point and that's what motivates you, great. But mm. if you don't get there and you think, oh, well, I just am a total failure here, um, be okay with the pace that you're at or looking at the years yeah. ahead of you thinking, oh, am I going to achieve these goals in the next five years? It's like, no, stuff it. If it gets to 10, what does it matter? Like you got there. And it's yeah. it's a very Gary, Gary V kind of mindset. It's like you are young as fuck right now. You have so <laughs> many years ahead of you to achieve what you want to achieve. If you didn't think you could achieve what you did in the last month, imagine what you can achieve in the next 12 months or two years or whatever. You'll be very surprised. And I've been at my, of my own accomplishment. It's a weird way of phrasing it, but what I've done in the last 12 months, I don't think I would have been able to do two years ago. Um, or wouldn't have thought if I looked ahead that I could have done what I have done, you know, a few years ahead. Um, but I'm at peace with, as you said, what my pace is. It needs mm. to probably slow down a bit, but you know, <laughs> whatever, I'll get well, there. Well, yeah, I think once we tune into what our pace is in terms of um, productivity in general too, that feeds back into creativity. If we're trying to churn out the work too fast to keep up because we've been told that's how much we should be doing, 
um, then I think that that's going to impact our ability to be creative as well. And when we're really working at a pace that we're comfortable with and we're creating that balance in our lives, then we're tuning back into that creative spark, right? And that's where that energy comes back in that we were talking about is because we found what works for us, not what works for, for someone else. Yeah, exactly. Like my last branding job, I didn't force it at all. I kind of sat back and waited till I felt right about doing something. It wasn't sitting down and going, okay, I need to do this now, blah, 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 blah. It was just like, I actually don't feel like doing this right now. I, I'm all right with doing something else for now because I don't feel like it's the time in here to do this. And this is the weird thing about time is when to do something as a creative is if the, if the, the spark comes at 10 a.m., 3 p.m., you know, 5.30 on the dot when you're supposed to be putting tools down, which invariably happens with me, or if it's like 2 a.m. with if you're, you know, a, a late bird or a yeah, late bird, you stay up quite late. Yeah, that's what I mean. Night owl. <laughs> night owl. That's a better <laughs> way of framing it. Jesus. Um, if you're a night owl and the, the idea pops then or if you're about to head to sleep and something pops, you know, embrace it kind of thing. Don't make it, I think it's a, something that you really want to um, lean into if it's the later, you know, night owl mentality. But if you know that you're more creative in the afternoon than during the start of the day, maybe keep your business tasks at the start of the day, which is the more mundane stuff, and keep your more creative stuff in the afternoon, which is pretty much what I do. Um, I find that works for me, whereas you might be the complete opposite, or you might need to do it at night. It's back to that um, self-awareness too of knowing, you know what, I'm really getting that energy come through at 10 a.m. and then I'm feeling like I'm crashing at 3 p.m., or vice versa, and being able to nurture that so that you're working at your your optimum level and making that okay. Yeah, and you you've written in some notes that you sent me across is that the idea of listening to your gut, um, you know, and intuition. That was my word for this whole podcast was intuitive, being <laughs> something <that's> intuitive, <laughs> listening to your intuition of knowing you know when to stop, when to start, when's good for you, when's not, um, and what you need to do to overcome that. So. I think this yeah. is uh... yes I think that's a big one and I'm, yeah. I'm glad you did mention that and I won't go into it too much but I think well one of the things that we learned um, back when I was studying health and nutrition was that really deep down a lot of us know what we need to support ourselves because we all have that little voice in our heads um, that is saying go for the walk like yours. <laughs> Don't eat that piece of chocolate, you idiot. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, or, you know, like those five energy drinks you had this morning probably wasn't a good idea. Um, we, we do know to a certain extent what our bodies and our minds are asking for. We know that we need a break. We need the weekend off. We need a holiday. We need some more sleep. Um, these aren't surprising when we're pushing and pushing or not treating our bodies very well. Um, so to actually be able to pause and tune into our intuition and listen to that little voice inside that's telling us exactly what we need, when we need it, going against that is like a fish swimming upstream. You're just going yes. to be making a lot of hard work for yourself. And in my personal experience, which is part of what has led me to um, starting the Healthy Creative Project, is when you ignore the intuition and you ignore those voices, um, your body will start making the decisions for you. And yeah. you are taken out of the game and forced to rest and forced to sleep and are not given the option. And it does take that sometimes to be a bit of a wake-up call. Um, but then hopefully we can come out the other side of that and really tune back into what our bodies and our minds are asking for. And ultimately the, the cause and effect is that that if you're not improving your creativity, that affects your business and you, your, or your career. So what influences success is your creativity. And if creativity goes out the window, you know, really we're up shit creek. Um, so it, like for everybody, it might not be every one of these things that we've talked about. Mm. That, that needs to happen it might be just a couple that need to be improved or you know for me if it's the physical side of things um 
and, and knowing when to get enough sleep, that's probably my biggest challenge with this. But for you, that might not be a problem at all. It might be more having a connection with other people um, or finding that right bit of inspiration or learning more new things. So don't feel like we're it's an attack on you to, to hear these kind of things. I've listened to podcasts where it's like, okay, you should be doing this, this, this. And I'm like, oh my God, like I'm Too absolutely much. screwed here. Too absolutely. much to do. Yeah. But it's picking and choosing what works for you in this sort of sense to improve your creativity. Because if you're finding that you're having this creative block um, or imposter syndrome or you're, you're copying people or you just can't come up with the original ideas that you are hoping to and you know you can deep down, it, it's looking back at what are those factors that are contributing to what makes you a creative person. If it's your purpose, if it's your um, energy level, if it's your physical well-being, if it's your mental and emotional health, if it's being self-aware, and if it's being balanced, which is all these points that Jess has brought up here, which I think is fantastic. Thank you so much, Jess. Um, we've gone significantly past what I thought I would, we would, and I wondered if this was going to split, but I'm going to keep it at one. So if you've come this far, thanks so much for listening. Jess, where can people find you um, on the net? Yeah, absolutely. The best place at the moment is on my Instagram, The Healthy Creative Project. Amazing. So at The Healthy Creative Project. Um, Jess, thanks so much for coming on here for this podcast. It's good to be back doing this podcast. Yeah, thank you for Um, having me on. It's been a great chat. Yeah, pleasure. Um, Guys, if you're listening to this and you are on Apple Podcasts, please leave it uh, a rating. I don't know if I even have any ratings. I haven't checked, but it would be remiss of me not to ask for it. Um, So I hope you've enjoyed this chat here. Hope you're staying well at the moment, and I will speak to you very, very soon. See you guys.